Welcome to Food and Wine with Chef Jamie Gwen. Celebrate food and life by learning about the culinary scene around the world. Speaking with chefs, artists and food makers, farmers, authors and tastemakers who are passionate about everything delicious. A very good weekend to you food lovers. Chef Jamie Gwen in your radio. This show is radio's answer to culinary conversation and inspiration. The culture of food and living the best life. We celebrate food and its ability to feed your soul on this show. And I talk trends and travel, health and the environment, wine, mixology, and more. And my goal is to satiate your appetite. So I hope you will stay tuned all throughout the hour because whether you love to cook or love to eat, you are bound to find something you will love on this show. I am always serving up seconds at chefjamie.com and you can find my daily dish on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Chef Jamie Gwen. So please become a friend and tell a friend. Take your cooking skills to the next level. Learn about celebrity chefs and Food Network stars, cookbook authors, and artisans by tuning in every weekend. And today, feel inspired. Coming up, my dear friend, pastry chef extraordinaire, a previous Food Network host, of course, and just a truly gorgeous person, Gail Gand is here stopping by to share her visit to the Ukraine. Yes, she went and cooked for World Central Kitchen. And wow, was it brave and how it affected her. I am delighted to share her story. So please don't touch your dial. Coming up before the end of the hour, Danielle Oren is with us. She's all about food you love. You love her blog. You'll love dishing with her. But first, let me start with a tutorial of sorts. I like to kick off this show with insight and information, education to make you the best cook you know. And I take your lead because I love getting your culinary questions and queries and conversing with you on culinary matters. You can always email me, jamie at chefjamie.com. This is a question I get a lot. In fact, I was stopped in the supermarket recently and uh, asked by someone uh, unknowingly, didn't know me and I didn't know them, um, what I knew about the butter I was buying. So do you ever wonder about butter? Let's talk butter, shall we? Butter is the most prized cooking fat. Yes, I love schmaltz or chicken fat. I love duck fat for French fries. There's something beautiful about ghee, but butter is, I don't know, it makes everything better, right? It has a delicious flavor. It's rich. It's creamy. It has a beautiful mouthfeel and nothing can substitute for great flavor and gorgeous mouthfeel. And butter has come a long way. You can find so many varieties and flavors and quality on the shelf of your favorite grocery store. So this is the down low and what you need to know all about butter. I don't think that the natural flavor of butter is actually irreplaceable. I love that butter adds all of that beautiful aroma. If you brown it to perfection, brown butter is brilliant. If you use it spread on sweet summer corn, it brings out that truly inherent, lovely richness 
of the season's best. Whether you're baking a cake or sauteing vegetables, there is a type of butter to enhance every food. So let me start with the don'ts of the do's and don'ts, if I may. And this is my chef's perspective. Take it as you will. I am anti-salted butter with one exception, and that is a very high quality artisan made salted butter that you intend only to put on the table for bread service, like with a warm, piping hot, preferably Parker house roll, put down artisan salted butter, and I will gladly take your invitation to dinner. But otherwise, salted butter for many tens of hundreds of years, maybe, uh, was the most common style of butter found in the grocery store or the corner store or on the farm. Um, It has at most 2% salt added after the buttermilk has been drained off in the making of butter. And while you might have grown up with it and it might taste good to you, the problem with salted butter is it has such an extended shelf life that you have no idea how long it has been in the box before you buy it. And therefore, it is the least fresh of the butters you have to choose from. So please... If you can refrain, wean yourself off of the salted butter you know and begin to salt your dishes to your palate, you will be so much better off. Now, unsalted butter is my butter of choice. It has no added salt. There is a reduced or a low salt butter on the market. It's usually about half the salt you'd expect in regular salted butter, but unsalted butter is pure and perfect and it has the shortest shelf life on the butter shelf. And so therefore I like to season my food to my own flavor profile. And I use the best quality unsalted butter that I could buy. Now we all have a favorite brand or one that you grew up with and I always reach for it too. But now is the time to maybe think outside the box of butter and try something different. So European butter is better than unsalted butter. It has oftentimes a deeper yellow color and it is a dense butter. It's actually made more slowly than other store-bought butters. So the cream has time to develop in flavor. And the main difference between European style butter and the rest is fat content. So a European style butter has 83 to 86% fat content and everything else hovers right around 80 to 81%. Now, because the fat content is higher, it has less water and it results in more layers of deliciousness. And if you want to test my theory, try European style butter in a pie crust and you will see the difference right away guaranteed. Now, cultured butter, also on the shelf, is also known as Danish-style butter. It actually has a culture added to the cream before it's churned. It's kept at a controlled temperature, usually overnight, and you get a slightly acidic flavor. And according to European tradition, there is no salt added after they drain the buttermilk. And cultured butter, I think, is very much an acquired taste, but one that should be tasted. And then there is clarified butter or ghee, which we used to, of course, make ourselves in a pot by reducing the water away and evaporating it, therefore creating 
pure milk fat, but you can buy ghee or clarified butter today on your supermarket shelves. And it has a much higher smoking point or browning point because there's almost no moisture and you have less splattering and richer flavor. And it's quite delicious. In fact, now I use a combination of butter and olive oil most often because the olive oil has a higher smoking point and the butter gives me mouthfeel and richness. But you should really find a butter that behaves the way you like. Find a butter that is brilliant for your palate and then stick with it. Or a bevy of butters, maybe. Uh, Maybe one that's artisan and high-end that you use as a finishing butter. Throw it into the pasta at the end. Even red sauce. Yes, that's a great tip Scott Conant taught me a long time ago. It adds richness and deliciousness to a tomato sauce like nothing else. But a bevy of butters in your fridge will make you a more well-rounded cook, no doubt. Now, if you want to make butter at home, you can do it. This is a really fun technique to do with family and friends and even the kiddos. And I will gladly share the recipe. If you want to make butter at home, email me, jamie, J-A-M-I-E at chefjamie.com. And I will email you back and you'll be better for butter in no time, for sure. And that, hopefully, you thought was waxing poetic on butter. All right, stay tuned. Because Gail Gand is coming up with World Central Kitchen, her life was changed and she's going to share her Ukrainian visit, what it's like to cook for 20,000 a day, 20,000 meals a day, her two week dedication to bettering the world and her story right after this, the extraordinary pastry chef and one whom I am so proud to call my friend, Gail Gand, right after this in your radio, Chef Jamie Gwen. Please don't go away. Welcome back, Chef Jamie Gwen in your radio with insightful information to make every day delicious. We dish with the best culinary thinkers on this show on everything fabulous and food. And this friend of mine, whom I'm so proud to call my friend, is both fabulous and extraordinary all at the same time. She's back. The nationally acclaimed pastry chef, restaurateur, cookbook author, teacher, and television personality, and a two-time James Beard Award winner. Gail Gand is everyone's favorite pastry chef. Mine too. She bakes casual, comfort food-inspired sweets, and she cooks savory too, and we love her style. 
She co-founded and partnered in the renowned Chicago restaurant True, which had two stars from the Michelin Guide, and for eight years was the host of Sweet Dreams, Food Network's first program devoted to dessert. And you continue to see her on Top Chef and Iron Chef and Martha Stewart and everywhere. We're dishing today, catching up, and getting the lowdown on Gail's recent good work. And I am delighted. I am very glad to have you back on the radio, my friend. And I am very very, very impressed. I'm very grateful for your dedication. I'm in awe of you because you uh, gave of your time and your heart to World Central Kitchen in the Ukraine, and we want to hear all about it. How are you? Thank you so much mm. for calling today. Yes. I love talking to you always, and that's quite an introduction. Well, I don't know if I can live up to it. Well deserved. I'm great. I'm great. And good. how are you doing? We're, are you we're doing good. Okay? We're good on this coast, too. Um, that, was, um, that was a brave venture that you made. You know, when um, I started observing what was going on in the Ukraine and the invasion and the war, I wanted to do something. And I think a lot of people felt that way of what can we do? We're all the way here in America. We've almost never been attacked on our actual land except for Pearl Harbor, you know, in the 40s. We don't know what it's like to be invaded. And I think a lot of us felt helpless. What can we do to help? Mm. So I was thinking of going over And a friend said, you know, you could just raise a bunch of money by doing a dinner. And I thought, yeah, that would be much easier. (laughs) So I did a dinner with two other chef friends, Mm. Peter Schoenman and Dan Smith from the Hardy Boys. And the next morning I woke up and thought, that did not scratch that itch enough Enough. to the need to help. Mm. And I went to my husband and I said, I I think I need to go to Poland. And, and he, Jimmy he said, knows better. <laughs> Jimmy knows better than to try to stop me. Right. Um, so I, the first thing I did was I started to go fund me to try to pay for the expenses. Mm. And it took off. Wow. I ended up raising way more money than I ended up spending going. But it was like within a week, I was gone. I was on an airplane to Poland wow. to cook in Shemish, which is where one of the world central kitchens is located in Poland. And they cook food there for six different distribution centers within Ukraine and Poland. So I went into a kitchen that, I mean, really, these kitchens, you know, what constitutes a kitchen, you start asking yourself. Because we were cooking in a tire factory that had been gutted, painted, you know, a walk-in was set up really fast. There were 10 um, ovens along the wall that are kind of like, like a, like a vault almost. You just you put a rolly rack in it with all your pans of whatever you're baking or cooking in it. So and then they had those giant paella pans that you've seen yes. on on Twitter that you know you could they're like bigger than a baby pool. That's what we're cooking in. So um, I ended up within a week planning the whole thing. I actually had help from um, Rachel Vaughn, who's a private chef from Bozeman, Montana. She was already there. And she was sort of texting me saying, like, I'll pick you up at the train station. We'll figure out the apartment when you get here. So I did have someone on the other end kind of helping encourage me to to go. Yeah, But But within a a week, I was on a plane. A brave leap. What a brave leap. For those that don't know, we should dish on World Central Kitchen for a moment. And Jose Andres, my culinary crush, has graced this radio (laughs) show before. Uh, He is... uh, 
quite an extraordinary man, much beloved in the culinary community and around the world for his good work, right? And World Central Kitchen was right. and, created to you know, his, save the world, to help the world. Right. I, I mean, Jose started, I, I've known Jose for 20 years. I've mm. had dinner at his house. You know, he's cooked mm. for me and I've, I've done events with him over the years. But 12 years ago, when Haiti had their earthquake, you know, where most people were running away from that disaster, Jose ran in and brought with him his friends, which were, you know, line cooks, chefs, he had extra equipment. And because his organization is so lean, he's able to get into these places much more quickly than other humanitarian organizations. I actually flew to Poland next to a guy from UNICEF, and he was sort of almost like cursing Jose's organization, World Central Kitchen, because UNICEF takes a long time to get set up. They have to requisite, you know, do requisitions for all the equipment. Jose's like there before anybody else is. He's mm-hmm. on the scene instantly because his organization is so lean. Mm-hmm. So um, I've been wanting to help, in, you know, so help him because we're so proud of the work he does in some respect. And, and this was it. This was when I had time, um, I had support, and I had emotional drive to get me on a plane to a place I'd never been. I, I don't really think I've even flown internationally very much by myself. Hmm. But took a one-hour Polish lesson before I left <laughs> to learn the niceties. I'm got on a plane, got there, and went right into the kitchen. But now this is a war zone somewhat. I mean, I was in Poland, but I was 12 miles from the border um, where Medica is, which is one of the places that they cross over. And like you weren't really allowed to give your cab driver the address of where the kitchen was because you need to hide the location for safety for safety purposes yeah for safety yeah so that because there was one kitchen bombed in ukraine yes i I remember that story we had to be kind of secretive like you couldn't really post pictures of the um organizational paperwork for the place like there were six different um food distribution centers we were sending food to four times a day. So it was 24 deliveries going out during the day. Wow. We were making meals for 20,000 people every day. 20,000 people 20,000. And, you know, every you day. and I have done tasting events for 800. Yes, we have. But I was like, how do you cook <laughs> for 20,000? And then do it again the next day. And then do it again the next day. Wow. So that was just mind-boggling and fascinating and tiring, oh. but exhilarating at the same time. Well, of, of course, to, to see how you can... Uh, it, I stumble because it's, food is so... The necessity of food is so basic, right? We, we want to feed our families, our children, uh, and, and there are mouths to feed around the world. But when Jose started his humanitarian effort, it was to try to solve disaster relief in, as you said, the shortest amount of time using food as a, as a source, right? In, in well, the... it's not only nourishment, but it's, it's, um, it's comfort coming from the outside world so they don't feel alone. Mm. So one plate at a time, you're helping people feel human in a situation where they've been dehumanized. Pastry chef extraordinaire Gail Gand is here and she is sharing her beautiful work in the Ukraine. Chef Jamie Gwen in your radio. Don't touch your dial. We'll be right back.
we're back and we're dishing with Gail Gand. You know her for her pastry talent, but her humanitarian efforts of late are to be applauded. Gail Gand is here and she is sharing her Ukraine story. Gail, you were saying? So one of the interesting things when I was working at Medica at the border of Poland and Ukraine and like literally helping people schlep their life across the border you know, in one suitcase, and they don't know where they're going. We have a booth where we're handing out hot food and sandwiches, and it was Mother's Day. I I decided I wanted to be giving out food on Mother's Day because it was also Mm. Ukrainian Mother's Day that day. Mm. And that's where I wanted to, like, I've had 24 great Mother's Days, but I (laughs) I don't need another one. I can sacrifice it to help someone else have a better Mother's Day who's who's in crisis. Yeah, but so didn't you didn't booth. you honor your three children that day, Gail? Wow. Completely. Oh, completely. Oh, my kids were so proud. Yes. But the thing I want to talk about, so they if they took a sandwich, about 10,000 of the 20,000 meals are sandwiches. I was going to ask, what did like, you make? Yes. As fast as we can. But when they pick up a sandwich, we would ask them, would you like that panini? Because we had two panini machines. And I thought, well, geez, that's kind of a frivolous thing to be talking about in the middle of a war. And one of the other volunteers took me aside and said, no, 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 Gail, you don't understand. You've, these people have not been asked what they want in months. They've just been done to. Right. The fact that someone's even asking them. If they would like and, something, a luxury. Yes, how would you like this done? Yes. That it, like, acknowledges they exist, mm. which is a huge, you know, they've, they've just been displaced from everything they know. And just the distraction um, of having to make that choice lets their brain rest for the first time, you know, in months mm. since they've been fleeing. Mm. So it's this weird gift that you don't realize is so important just to, you know, staying sane and staying... Of course. And yeah. healing. The, the simplest things. So it's things. not just the food. It's no. the whole interaction. Of course it really is. really is important. Yes, and that's why Jose has been honored as a, a saluted as a CNN uh, hero. That's why th- they speak about him with every award and accolade and otherwise, because what he created, what you contributed to was the whole being of trying to make a difference in the world during hardship, the most difficult time, especially, right? Right. And, and separation, yes. you know, and when I was at the border at Medica, we saw some women and children. And, you know, this is not a culture where women go off on their own a lot. Like, they don't take walks at night without their husband. Mm-hmm. So to ask them to flee their country mm-hmm. independent from their husbands with their kids is a huge ask. So I saw some women and children going back, and there'd be, the husband would be on the Ukrainian side and the family on the Polish side, and we were helping them get back. And I said to someone, like, why are they going back? And they told me it was to bury their dead. Mm. So they get, you know, the husbands get a few days off to bury anyone in their family that's been killed. And the wife and kids come back for that ritual and then come back to Poland again to stay safe. Heartbreaking. I mean, it's it's the mm. most awful situation. And and it goes on. I cried every day. Oh, I, I can't did. imagine you didn't. And, and it Not goes on. Not in front of them. No. And, and you did so I, I beautiful work. I feel so fortunate I got to go and contribute and, mm. you know, cook. <laughs> mm. We don't have spoons there. We have, they look, look like a canoe oar, 
Like that's what you use to stir the like a paddle pans with. Yes. 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 Like a giant paddle. Yes. And and you realize you're cooking for twenty thousand a day. Tell us other things you made. That you made butter cookies. They must have been much beloved and appreciated. They were. We just just did like chocolate coins in the middle, like chocolate pistols mm. shoved into the middle of them. Beautiful. So they were kind of like a thumbprint, but you know, sort of a fast one because we had to make thousands and thousands and thousands of them. Mm. Um, there's usually a dessert every day, so there was like carrot cake and chocolate cake and. Um, you need cakes that don't have frosting or aren't sticky because people are, you know, using their hands to right. hold them. Right. Um, hmm. We did a really nice lemon cake while I was there. Did you go armed uh, with recipes? Was, did you? I mean, I know you no, know so much of it by heart, but I wonder. I asked if I asked if I should bring recipes. They're like, no, no, we have everything here. And then when I got there, they're like, yeah, can you do a chocolate cake? Because we don't have one. I'm like, ugh. But I could look all my stuff up online. Of and course. Then, you know, multiply it it by 63 like the numbers were so big and staggering their measuring system is different like everything's you know flowers in bags the bags of flowers a kilo bags of sugar a kilo but the butters in pounds the smallest measuring tool we had was a five liter pitcher oh my gosh so some of it was just like next time i go i'm bringing my like i'm bringing a scale and measuring (laughs) cups um But I also got to do savory cooking. So we're doing, you know, giant vats of roast potatoes and giant vats of bulgur salad. And, Mm. um, you know, big, we're always cooking mirepoix because we're making soups all the time. Different roast meats, pork, Mm. beef cheeks. um, And so far to date, and, and you contributed to this, and I bow to you for that. To date, the number that's being quoted is that World Central Kitchen has come to the rescue providing 5 million meals to Ukrainian refugees and those that are still suffering within the country's borders. 5 million. And it's not, it's not over. It's not over. It's, no, no. The kitchens are still there if you want to go. Mm. The only thing you do have to commit for a full week not worth it for them to train you up for just a day or two of course um, I've always felt that what you do as a pastry chef is so full of love because we all embrace the sweet right I mean there's just there's something beautiful celebrate yes yes it's a birthday what do you do you mark it with a dessert so I always feel like I get the you know the good end of (laughs) of the celebration I I get the wedding cake you know I get to make the wedding cake I get to make the birthday cake you are the good end of every celebration you are you are (laughs) I'm just so glad I got to go it you know I have some survivor guilt and it helped with that a bit that's not you know the only reason I went obviously but I did feel really proud that my whole family supported me in that. And when I got back, I got to teach a couple outdoor adventure cooking classes at my mm-hmm. kids' high school. So I got to talk to high school kids about what it was like to mm-hmm. be there. Once you go work at World Central Kitchen, I find for me it's like part of my identity now. Mm-hmm. And I have a couple T-shirts from mm-hmm. it. And I I pretty much live in them. It's it's like a part of who I am now. Pride. That I was in Poland and Ukraine. Yes, pride. And helping out in a way that I could. And we thank you. you. Know, I don't have a lot of skills, but I can do uh-huh. that. Yeah, we, you have a lot of skills and a lot of heart, <laughs> my friend. For a lot of years I've known you, and we thank you and we honor you. I have always been very proud, as I started this conversation, saying to call you my friend. And I have never oh, been more so. 
We thank you. Uh, we honor you. We acknowledge you for your courage, your bravery, your dedication, your passion, your talent, that which you shared with World Central Kitchen in the Ukraine. And I love that you brought insight for all of us as to, you know, we see so much on the news, but what it's like firsthand and that experience. And I'm so grateful for what you gave, but I'm also immensely grateful for what it gave to you. Um, because as you said, it gave back even more than you could have brought for them. It did. It yeah. really Are you did. still raising I'm, money? I'm humbled. Humbled. What's that? You still raising money? Um, I'm not currently, but I probably will be for the fall because I may actually go back in September. Oh. In which case, Amazing. just watch my Facebook page and I'll yes. post a GoFundMe. Good. With the second, when I um, did my last GoFundMe and then, you know, spent what I needed to to get there, I was able, I had $5,200 left over from mm. that. So mm. all in total so far, I think I've donated uh, 2400 Wow. To world Kudos. I'd like Kudos to do more. To yes. And we want to support. So uh, we will continue you know, to follow. It's not me. It's no, my it's, fans. It's or... everyone that, that believes yeah. in you and what you do. Uh, we will continue right. to follow Chef Gail Gand, G-A-L-E-G-A-N-D, on social. We will go to gailgand.com so we can look for the... Lemons. Look for my calendar. You yeah, the calendar of events around the country. and the lemon cake recipe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and no, we will watch for your upcoming events as well so that we can see you. And I can't wait to see you next year and hopefully before um, at Palm Desert yes, Food and I'd Wine. I'd love to cook with you again. I would love it too. Somewhere yes, fun yeah. and funny. Make something <laughs> delicious. And again, yeah. thank you for gracing the show and for sharing your passion. You know that I adore oh. you and we honor I you. Always- thank you love talking to you and talking to your you know whoever's listening talking to your audience and just a few friends so much so you're good for me to talk you you deserve every second of it you really do gail and i love you honey thank you You we go thank you you're very kind we go way beyond mere eating and drinking on this show i am on a mission to share with you the best stories the best insights the best recipes that make this beautiful food world that so many of us love so rich with flavor. She is Gail Gand, and she is, as I said, extraordinary. The culinary conversation continues right after this break. Chef Jamie Gwen, don't go away. There's delicious conversation right now in your radio. Chef Jamie Gwen here. Danielle Oron, the founder of the much beloved blog, I Will Not Eat Oysters, and the now famous recipe that took the internet by storm, her salted tahini chocolate chip cookies, has a new cookbook out. And I can't wait to sink my teeth into it, literally. And I am delighted that Danielle Oron is here to dish. I'm glad to have you. Hi, Danielle. Hey, how are you doing? <laughs> doing great. Thank you. Congratulations. The book is truly luscious. I mean, I, I wanted to lick every page. And dish after dish, I mean, I can't wait to cook from it. You were a restaurant chef and a bakery owner. Now you cook at home, you test recipes for mega food sites, you have a very successful blog. And I find it fascinating that you're all about keeping the meals interesting, but you are not about fuss. No, not at all. No. 
I used to make my own aioli. I used to make huge birthday cakes. But, <laughs> you know, after starting a family, I've realized that there's a lot more important things in life. Yes. And simplifying my food life feels a lot better to me now than it did a few years back. Which I love because I think you've kept that level of... <sighs> not professionalism per se, but the elevation of great food at home. And you're making it super simple. I mean, it's easy. Um, let's cook because as I said, reading your book made me hungry. Let's start with breakfast. You definitely elevate scrambled eggs. Yes. And I mean, everyone makes scrambled eggs. It's like that easy go-to thing in the morning. It's protein filled, but it could just get so boring. Like how much scrambled eggs with toast can you have? So I found that adding just a little bit of um, spice and a little bit of different, maybe like fresh tomatoes and tossing it together just gives the scrambled eggs a whole new life that, you know, elevates them. And you really don't need to buy anything extra. I open up my fridge, I find my onions, there's some cherry tomatoes, chop those up, make the scrambled eggs. While that butter and oil is kind of melting in the pan, you add the spices to bloom them. Yes. And then you just make like a little saute of vegetables, add the eggs, and it's done. And it's delicious and fast and easy. And it, you know, wakes you up. You are all about your spice cabinet. And we know that, you know, you have a passion for tahini, but we'll get to that. You're all about turmeric and those really bold, I would say, uh, big flavors and a little goes a long way there, but there is a, a, a wake up factor to them. What else do you, do you go to? What do you reach for? Believe it or not, I reach for curry powder a lot, wow. <laughs> which is something I learned from my dad. Um, it's just that mixture of spices that it's a little spicy, a little warm, a little, just a little bit of everything that wakes it up. So curry, turmeric, paprika, Cumin, those are definitely all my go-tos. Yeah, I, I, I love all that big, bold flavor. Um, okay, I'm moving on from breakfast. I alluded to your mac and cheese. It has two ingredients. And like you, I am a Borsan fan. It's a genius ingredient. It it's is. So many different things. And I have loved it since being a child. Um, I've loved the herb one, and my personal favorite is the one I use in this mac and cheese is the pepper bursant. I think it's just so bold and delicious and creamy that it just it really does lend itself to a mac and cheese that's almost like a cacio e pepe, mm. but um, just it's it's my favorite. Bursant is hands down the best cheese out there. And you can hate me for it or not, but no, that's no, the way I feel. No, there's, there's no hate here. All love. Because I will tell you, you can keep Borsan, the one ingredient wonder, in your fridge and make a multitude of things that, to me, impress. So the pepper Borsan is your thing. The herb and garlic is mine. And I make a two-ingredient cream spinach using frozen chopped spinach, squeezed very, very dry, and that garlic herb Borsan. And you could spread it on toast and top it with anything. And it is genius. It has that bold flavor like you talk about. And texturally, it's the mouthfeel that there's no duplicate for. And it's great cold with crackers and it melts so, so beautifully. Beautifully. You simply boil cavatappi, which I love cavatappi. It seems to really take sauce well. And you mix in the pepper borsan and dinner's ready yes and all you have to do is just keep 
keep some of that pasta water like right. you would with any pasta and just keep going, mixing and tossing the pasta, adding a little bit more of the water at a time until you get that really creamy, rich sauce. So there, it really is a two-ingredient dish and my favorite, and I've made it over and over and over again. I think it's brilliant. This is Food You Love But Different, the title of Danielle Oron's Elevated Everyday Recipes. It is luscious. So please check it out. Available for order right now on Amazon and in fine bookstores everywhere. You can learn more and follow and be inspired on Danielle's blog at I Will Not Eat Oysters and on her social media tag at that same name, the salted tahini chocolate chip cookie that you must make is also on the blog as well. Danielle, a pleasure. Please come back soon. I'd love to have you. Will do. And so that brings us to the end of another hour of inspiring and informative conversation. And I hope you thought so. I thank you for listening. Please don't go yet. I'd love you to become a fan and a friend if you aren't already on social. You'll find me at Chef Jamie Gwen. I hope that you'll continue to tune in every weekend and allow me to feed your soul and make you so hungry that you lick your radio. And then let me leave you with my last bite, as I do at the end of every hour, every week on this show, celebrating 20 years on syndicated radio this year, and ever grateful. My last bite recipe is a three, four, five ingredient at most, quick fix. It's a shortcut to savor the season or get dinner on the table in a jiffy. And this recipe uses just three ingredients and embraces the beautiful stone fruit, more specifically peach season we are having this year. The fruit's pure flavor shines. It is a refreshing finale after dinner. And better yet, it does it all without an ice cream machine. So this is three minute peach gelato and all you need are fresh peaches that you've cut into chunks, taken the pit out and frozen in a single layer on a baking sheet. You need some sugar and then preferably mascarpone or creme fraiche, French sour cream. You're going to blend it all in the food processor. And I will tell you, it is out of this world peach delicious. And I'll post the recipe on social at Chef Jamie Gwen so that you can steal it and share it and savor it. And I will meet you here next weekend when I guarantee there is lots more fabulous food in your radio. I'm Chef Jamie Gwen signing off and I hope you continue to eat well. Well.